Hello and welcome to another week of Forces Sport with me, Kath Brazier and Julian Evans. Um, an exciting week week of sport, really, Jules. We were we were busy this weekend with the rugby. Did you enjoy yourself? I did. I thought you were going to kick off with the 14th UK wife carrying contest. Wow. That took, that took place this weekend in Dorking, Surrey. I thought that's where we were going to start. <laughs> but no, you've gone for the rugby. Fair enough. You need to tee these things up before they happen so we can go and, go and film these exciting events. Well, it's a course of 380 metres. You have to jump over bales of hay and the people watching get to throw buckets of water at you. <laughs> what I don't understand or what I don't know fully is, is it your wife that you have to carry? Mm, yeah. Was Mrs but, Evans not, not keen then? Not this year, but there, there, is, there is a wait. There is a wait. You have to be... A waiting a, list. A, well, a wait for the, for the person being carried of 50 kilograms. Oh, an so actual th- weight, a physical yeah. weight, got you. Uh, yeah, like in like in horse racing, yeah. <laughs> anyway, back well, to the rugby, back to the rugby. <laughs> yes, exactly. Lots of inter-services rugby coming away this week. As Jules and I look back on the second round of competition and a very thrilling day of rugby at Ealing Trail Finders on Saturday. But first, our guest this week is another Invictus competitor as we continue to build up to the Invictus Games, which are now just a few days away. Dan Tasker was in the Royal Air Force for 17 years before being medically discharged after an injury to his wrist. The Invictus programme, it's, it's given me a feeling of self-worth and a, a feeling of belonging again. I've got the, the same kind of ethos and culture that you have from a military background. You're around people that don't see you as, a, as an injured, broken person, which is how I felt for a long time, especially with the way that I was kind of rejected from, from the RAF. It's a safe area for you. People don't look at you and they don't judge you by your limitations or by, by, by whatever you've got going on. Now, Dan will be competing on the athletics track and in cycling, one sport that he discovered a passion for through Invictus and another that he loved prior to his injury. Since the Invictus programme, I have joined an athletics team, uh, which is something that I never would have done previously. Um, so I, I do a lot of middle distance training with a, an athletics club in, in Lincolnshire, uh, Wellington Athletics. Um, I do a lot, of, a lot more road cycling than I used to as well. I always used to do a lot of um, road cycling on an upright bike before my injury. But unfortunately, because I can't support myself or use, uh, I can only use the front brake, um, so it's not particularly safe anymore. <laughs> Yes, so Dan will be on a recumbent bike, which for the uninitiated is sort of a low-slung bicycle operated by just the power of his legs. I mean, that is that is squeaky bum time if you, if you can only use the front brake. <laughs> I know. Well, he won't have that problem, thankfully, on the recumbent. No. But, um, yeah, I, I sort of dread to think when he possibly took that first jaunt out on a road bike and um, and realised his limitations. But, well, Lincolnshire um, is nice and flat, but still. Oh, that's true. That's true. But um, he said that he... Um, there are a lot of things he can't do, but the cycling was a real blow because it was such a big love of his before before he got his injury. But he absolutely loves the recumbent bike. And he goes so, on to say that, you know, given the choice, he would always now be on a recumbent bike. So, Well, I was going to say, does the wrist injury not prevent him from from the recumbent? No, because you're just using your legs. So uh, I, sorry, just, I just meant, I meant steer, sort of steering. No, you steer with your... Well, I think it's less less control you kind of you just need a gentle steer with a recumbent bike um okay but the power obviously is obviously the power in your um on the um stand-up bike is is mostly from the legs but i think of there's course. less mm. pressure on his wrist on the recumbent and he said he would you know definitely choose that the other the other option of course is the hand bike hand cycle for people with leg issues but that wouldn't yeah. be any good for dan with the wrist injury but there must um, be a lot of crossovers generating a lot of power in athletics and of course in the recumbent bike so he must have quads 
The yes. size, the size of I don't know what, <laughs> huge, huge legs. Yes. Well, he was wearing trousers, so I didn't get to check them out. But I'll let oh, well. you know. It's tradition. It's traditional during an interview. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, wearing trousers. The kit that the Invictus Games have got hold of, and, and Team UK have got hold of generally, is it, I mean, the bikes amaze me because even from when we covered the first games in 2014, like it's real Gucci kit now. Um, mm. You know, they're sort of. I think they're they're sort of handed so much and sponsored by um, a lot of very kind investors and. Um, um, yeah, are, are they, they, they bespoke? Really are they bespoke to each athlete? Um, I I don't think so. I think that because you can get certain um, some some of the hand cyclists tend to be quite low to the ground. I think they are in terms of the seat, but mm. I I think if you got to so, say Joe Townsend triathlon tri- like elite level, it probably would be bespoke. But I don't know that the ones that Team UK get from Victus are fully bespoke. But I'm sure they make it as comfortable as possible. And of course, you know. They're always looking for success. So, well, you'd, um, yeah. you'd probably need a cushion or two to sit on, wouldn't you? For yeah, for I wouldn't that. want to be that low to the ground. I'm quite. Happy you are. You are that low. <laughs> you are that low to the ground. What are you talking about? Don't be so high to tools. You're not That's exactly. True. You're not exactly hey, graced loft, with height yourself. Lofty Evans, they call me. <laughs> well, come on, let's get. We'll get back to the rugby now. It was a fantastic day, weather-wise, rugby-wise, on Saturday at Ealing Trailfinders, a, a club, of course, that you're familiar with, um, Jules, from your playing days. Um, a beautiful day for all three matches, and we can't forget that the veterans opened the events with the RAF Vultures winning that battle with the um, Royal Navy Mariners. They won 26-24, and they won it with the last penalty kick of the game. So if that wasn't a sort of precursor to how the day would go, then... Um, I don't know what was, but then it well, was the turn well, of the... Yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, you say that, a precursor to how the day went. A nasty injury for one of the Royal Navy lads. I don't know if you heard about that. Yes. Slight, slight injury to his... Um, well, he wasn't wearing trousers, let's just say that. Oh, okay. So he, he, took, a, he took a knock down there, a painful oh, one. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, how would the trousers helped? Well, no, well, I'm just saying, he wasn't wearing trousers, <laughs> so he was more exposed... Okay. Um, well, there, there were actually quite a few injuries, weren't there? During um, we had one during the women's game as well. Um, but that was when um, their kicker, Daisy, uh, Daisy Fahey, yeah. Fahe went off. But Sarah Graham did an incredible job coming on and um, and helping the RAF to the win. They were very dominant early on with two early tries. But the wow moment really was reserved for the Royal Navy women, who, to be fair, Jules, I think over the years, we've sort of become used to them only scoring maybe three points or being absolutely humped by sort of 60 points by both the RAF and the Army women. But the final score was 32-15. And the Royal Navy women finally and deservedly really looked like a team on the up and able to compete. And it was really, really pleasing to see. Well, you've got to take your hat off to their coaching staff, including Charlotte Fredrickson, because when you're dealing with players, I say players, a squad who spend nine months of the year away at sea, so you're not getting any sort of rugby conditioning, to then sort of mould a group of players into a team that can compete, I think, is amazing. So... Really well done to everybody involved. And let's see what they can do against the army in, in three weeks' time. Yeah, I'm really excited to see that. The, the fitness is much better. The skills have vastly improved and they really look like they have a game plan. Well, Jules, you spoke to their captain, Rose Dixon, after the match and um, looked ahead a, 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 as well to that Twickenham fixture. Yeah, absolutely. I think looking at the scoreline at halftime, there was just this massive, massive buzz. And I think you compare that to the to the scoreline a couple of years ago when we played them, the difference was just phenomenal. And I think we came here today to do 
to do exactly that. We came here to, to, to cause some problems and make some waves, and we did that. Well, making waves, oh, I like that very much indeed. But, of course, making waves, many of your players spend nine months of the year at sea, and maybe that's where it came down today, conditioning towards the end. You perhaps didn't have that fitness in the tank. Yeah, quite possibly. Uh, they do what they can at sea, but obviously when you're operational in an environment like that, especially on a small ship, it's very difficult to get the, the right kind of conditioning. But look, I am so proud of each and every one of them. Uh, every single person put in a shift today and, and we came out with a pretty good score that we're, we're happy with. You must be delighted. And, and of course, this is part of a building process. All right, the job's not finished yet, but you can take this and take this into your next fixture against the army. Absolutely. We have so many positives from that game to build upon and I'm sure the next couple of weeks will be hammering on the analysis, but we're really looking forward to taking those positives, building on those and uh, yeah. Going into a history-making contest as well, the first time an inter-services women's game has been held at the home of England rugby, Twickenham. So, you know, your thoughts ahead of that fixture? Just pure excitement, a little bit of nerves, but also we are so ready to just showcase some women's rugby, um, especially, you know, first fixture in Twickenham. It gives every every rugby player goosebumps knowing that they're going to get to play there. So we are, we are really ready to showcase some rugby. That comes at the end of the month. So in terms of rehabbing those that picked up knocks today and preparation, what next for you? How do you prepare for such a big game at the home of England rugby? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got a couple of weeks now, obviously, in camp uh, to work on that. We've got another warm-up game against Guildford coming uh, in a couple of weeks as well. So just looking to rehab those that need it and, uh, yeah, get more game time for everyone else. Defeat for you, but you've got a broad smile on your face. <laughs> you must be really encouraged with the performance today. What's it like for you as captain to lead this team? It's brilliant, you know, it's it's a team that doesn't need too much bringing up because we have so many good personalities within the team. Everyone is always on such a high and such a buzz. Very rarely we see our heads drop uh, and we're always willing to give it 100% even, even when we're down, so... Well, she's quite right to be proud of her team and looking ahead to that Twickenham fixture after that display at Ealing Trailfinders. But ultimately, of course, it was a win for the Royal Air Force women, a positive for them after losing their title by losing to the Army in Gloucester in the first round. And here's their co-captain, Danica Wilmore. We started off a bit rough in the first half, like absolutely come up storming and then we had a bit of a like dodgy bit in the middle um, and then coming into the second half, we just absolutely found our shape and then smashed it. Um, coming into this fixture, was there a little bit of hangover from that Army defeat? Um, we kind of ironed that all out before the training camp and during the training camp. Um, we kind of um, reflected on it at the start. They just completely binned it. And we came into this game with fresh heads just to take on the Navy. It's two completely different setups. Um, and that's what we brought to this game. Of course, you went into this competition as defending champions, but there has been a lot of turnover and, of course, a pandemic in the middle of all of that. Yeah, I think um, I think it was there. Uh, we didn't really... Um, when we came into the army picture, um, we had our confidence, we had our build-up, um, and I think the army just brought it a little bit more than we expected them to, um, and we just didn't react in the first half. Um, we brought it back in in the second half, um, but I think it was just a little bit too late at that point. Um, yeah, I think we had to so. take our hat off to your opponents today. The Royal Navy, they have made great strides into making this a three-way competition. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Like That's probably one of the closest scores we've had against them, um, and I think next year it will be competitive across all three. Um, and that's what makes for interesting comp competition um, and setting it up. And the men jewels, they didn't disappoint either. A brilliantly physical battle um, for the last match of the day. Um, Sam Matavesi, probably quite rightly, of course, Northampton and Fiji player. Um, he did, you know, he did really... butcher a try at one point, though. His, <laughs> his, 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 his pass. His pass was a shocker. 
to old was it Cham- Cham- Chambers or Chamberlain yeah, out uh, on the ben wing? Cha- yeah, uh, ben-, ben Chambers out on the wing. Yes, yeah, he did. Wing, yeah. um, but I, I really thought he was. Um, he obviously um, was moved from hooker, his normally normal position, um, as Ben Ben Pretty plays so well there. But that's the beauty of Matavesi is that they put him at number eight, and he's just as um, influential there as he is at the front of the scrum as well. Um, he was um, awarded man of the match from our commentators. Um, but two tries from Jesse Lowe, the centre, really gave the Royal Navy the glory, running out 18-10 victors. And it was Royal Marine Jared Haler, the captain of the Royal Navy men's team, again speaking to Jules quite soon after their win. I just want to say thank you very much to the RAF. They put in a, an outstanding effort today. And uh, I mean, kudos to our boys. Our boys really dug deep. And I uh, couldn't have done it with them, without every single one of them. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Considering you haven't played since 2019, what's it like been getting this group of players to come out and deliver today? I mean, it, it, it's brilliant. The, the lads are really clued in this year. And, uh, I mean, we were a bit rusty at the start of the season. Um, and we've uh, we sort of ironed it out. And now the boys are firing on all cylinders, looking forward to the army. It's great that you can call upon somebody with so much experience in the likes of Sam Matavesi, Fijian International, Northampton Saints. He did butcher one pass, I noticed, a try-scoring opportunity. But what's it like when you've got somebody like that that can give you that, that go-forward football? Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Sam brings so much energy into our camp. We've got Ben Pretty, we've got Ed Pascoe as our forward sort of, uh, leaders, and then we've got uh, Jordan Gott and uh, Ben Chambers leading our back. So we've got, we've got energy and leaders everywhere in our team. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're in a good place this season. They've got you yourself as well. Let's not dismiss that. But, of course, people don't realise that this is perhaps two finals, isn't it? You've got to raise your game against the Air Force, and then you've got to raise your game, as you say, for a few weeks' time against the Army. How do you get that mindset in the right frame of mind for two finals? So we uh, we, we take every game how, how it comes. So last week was British Police, and then this is our this was our service final today. Okay, and now now that's done. Now all focus is on uh, Army Army Navy. So. Yeah, you, you'll have had a chance to cast an eye on what the Army did to the RF a few weeks ago. So your thoughts then going into the big game, a double header this time at Twickenham. Very positive. We left a lot of points out there today. We left a lot of points out there. So yeah, very positive. Looking forward to the challenge. It's going to be good. You're not going to let Sam forget that butchering that pass, are you? Uh, well, no, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm never going to confront him about it. I'm just <laughs> talking happily behind his back about it, but I'd never say to him. He did put his hand up after after that pass went yeah. to ground and it, and the chance was missed. He did apologise, but well, to, he is know, a smiling it, smiling assassin, yeah. as we as we quite rightly named him. I think. But when you have a player like that in your team, you know, a Fijian international played at World Cups, Northampton Saints star. All that experience is just going to make him an enviable player for, for the other two services. And he did a great... You could put him anywhere, really. You could probably put him on the wing and he, he would still be amazing. I totally agree. And actually, the, the comparison... So Sam was obviously you know, a premiership player, obviously, as you mentioned, Fijian player. Um, he was able to take part. He was fit and healthy. We had Josh McNally on the sidelines, of course, plays for Bath. And it was just utter frustration, I think, when he was down at Gloucester and then watching the RAF play at Ealing as well. He said, I just want to be playing. He just he was just a bundle of nerves, wasn't he, standing on the sideline watching his team compete? Well, it means a lot. And he's somebody mm. that joined the military to be in the military and yeah. rugby has been a byproduct of that. He's not somebody that that joined to you know to, to to play rugby per se. So it really hurts when you're itching from the sideline, hampered by an injury, not being able to do anything apart from shout and cheer and maybe the odd expletive. So uh, he, you know, but he's been involved. He's been involved with mm. that RAF team. I think they blooded so many new caps this campaign. So they they didn't have those natural leaders that they've developed over the past few seasons and of course the pandemic hasn't helped but I think the RAF next year will really really challenge the other two services 
Excellent. Well, it's great to hear from Jared. It's great to hear from Josh and also Rose Dixon and, and Danica Wilmore there as we look ahead, of course, to the 30th April and the Army Navy at Twickenham. BFBS, the Forces Station. This, this is Forces Court. Thank you for listening. I'm Kath Brazier and I'm here with Julian Evans. Now we're just days away from the twice postponed, long awaited and much anticipated Invictus Games in The Hague. And in the recent weeks, we've been speaking to several competitors from Team UK. So let's hear now from Dan Tasker. I was in the Air Force for 17 years and I was medically discharged in 2018 um, due to an injury to my wrist. Start off as a repetitive use injury, um, but it developed from there. I had a wrist reconstruction in 2015 and it's just never never been the same again. I couldn't be deployed anywhere, I couldn't support a weapon or do my job so unfortunately I was medically discharged. So um, my trade in the Air Force was survival equipment um, so I looked after all of the life-saving equipment fitted to aircraft um, and everything from escape slides to life rafts and parachutes and everything that you would see the, the air crew wearing as they go to and from the jet. So all the night vision goggles, oxygen equipment. Something in your tone there just, it sounds like you miss it. Is it, do you miss that side of life? Um, yeah, so 17 years is a, is a big chunk of my, my life and being, being part of the military is a, is a massive thing to be a part of. It's, and I think unless you're, you're a part of that culture, you, you don't understand how much it, it um, can't think of the word to say, how, how much it, it develops you, how much it structures you. Um, and it's yes, it's, it's yeah, it's something that I miss. I miss usually. I miss being a part of the the, the military environment. Um, it's something I was always proud of, and I, I unfortunately I lost that when I I was discharged. So. And sort of on a daily basis, what do you deal with with your wrist? What are the challenges in sort of everyday life, um, and what led you to Invictus? Um, the challenges I have in my everyday life is I, I can't hold a knife and fork, so I can't eat properly. If I if we're eating out, or my wife does a, a Sunday dinner, for example, she's got to cut my food up, so I'm a little bit like a toddler at home. Um, or if, if we're eating out, I'll kind of eat something that I can. I, I'll choose something I can eat with a fork. Um, I can't drive a manual car anymore, so I, I, I'm only automatic. Um, my wife kind of helps me if I've got shoes with laces, um, if I've got to wear a suit and tie, she'll help me with that as well. Um, I lost a lot of time with my son, unfortunately. When I had my injury, my son, he was only just turning one, um, so I, I lost a lot of time with him. There was a lot that I, I couldn't do with him, I couldn't support him, I couldn't play with him. Um, I used to, before my injury, used to do the bath. Bath time was my time because my wife used to do a lot of the feeding and I was always at work. Um, and I lost that as well. Um, I couldn't support him in a bath. I wasn't. I didn't feel safe to support him and be able to be be a dad properly to him. Has Invictus gone any way to replace the RAF in your life um, and possibly help you as a family man as well? Because some people say that you know the legacy is is all throughout. It's not just physical. It's not just mental. It's family. It's friends. It's everything. Um, the, the, yeah, the, the Invictus program. It's it's given me a feeling of self worth and a, a feeling of belonging again. I've got the the same kind of ethos and culture that you have from a military background. You around people that don't see you as a as an injured broken person which is how i felt for a long time especially with the way that i was kind of rejected from from the RAF. um and pe- people people don't it, it's it's a safe area it's a safe area for you people don't look at you and they don't judge you by your limitations or by by, by whatever you've got going on um the invictus program is as well as helping with my my self-confidence it's made me feel proud of who i am again i i, I feel that 
although they would tell you that they've never stopped being proud of me I feel that I can be the person that I once was and that I'm somebody that my family can be proud of again I can show my, my son that I'm not a broken person that I'm somebody that can still do things um, it's also opened my open open the doors to training away from this as well um, since Invictus program I have joined an athletics team uh, which is something that I never would have done previously um, so I, I do a lot of middle distance training with a, an athletics club in, in Lincolnshire Lincolnshire Athletic uh, Wellington Athletics um, I do a lot of a lot more road cycling than I used to as well I always used to do a lot of um, road cycling on an upright bike before my injury but unfortunately because I can't support myself or use uh, I can only use the front brake um, so it's not particularly safe anymore so yeah so the um, as part of my rehab I, I attended a battle back course where they half of it is kind of well-being and meaningful deeply meaningful exercises and the other half is, is adventure training but it's all adaptable um, training and one session that we had in particular was was road cycling um, and they, they trialed me on a recumbent bike uh, which I'd never I'd, I'd never heard of a recumbent bike until that point and it's not something that I I say I, d I didn't think I was going to be able to ride a bike again, so it's another another thing that I lost, and I loved it. It took a little bit getting used to, but I, I love it. I, I always said to my wife, if I ever got to a point where I could ride an upright bike again, I, I would stick with the recumbent. It's a lot of fun. So, so yeah. And um, other than cycling, is there anything else that you're doing? You're just focusing on that one sport in the Hague. Um, I'm competing in the athletics as well as the cycling. I'm doing the 400 and 1500 meter as well. So. And how do you think, I mean, I don't know whether I'm just stereotyping the Dutch, but there is something about cycling and the Dutch. Do you think that's going to be a really tough competition in the Hague? Do you think they'll make that a really fantastic competition with the cycling? Or do you think just generally the Hague experience is going to be, given that they've had about three years to build up to it as well? Um, I, I think the overall experience is going to be incredible. It's, it's, it's already been an incredible journey. It's been a lot grander scale a journey than that than I ever thought it would do I don't know if that's me being naive or or not but it's um that the, the amount of support and the training and the guidance that we've had from the coaches and the staff has been incredible and we, we get to come to places like this and train at the facilities that we train at I think the games is going to be yes it's going to be an awesome journey I think so and it's I think I think it's going to be exciting so it's um yeah <laughs> Can I just ask one final question? Will your family be there and will your son be there to see the, the dad that you've... Um, I'm sure you were always a wonderful dad. I've got no doubt about that. But, you know, is it important to you that he sees you achieve and, and get to that part in your journey? Yeah. Um, it, it's my chance to show my son. He's, he's at an age now where just before lockdown he had his first sports day um, and he was he got upset because he didn't come in first. Um, but I want, it's my chance to show him that you don't have to come in first, even if you come in last, as long as you've got a smile on your face and you enjoy the experience. It's, it's, a, it's the taking part, it's what you get from it, as long as you put your best foot forward and you give everything that you can and come away feeling that you can't, you couldn't have done any better. That, that's, that's what I want to show him. You don't have to get a medal, you don't have to come in first. It's about the, the experience. So, and it's, and I know he's, he's excited to be watching it, my wife's excited. So it's been, it's been a long time coming, so it's been 30, 30 months in the making so yes well, look, Daniel thank you so much thank you for being so honest and we'll see you in the Hague thank you very much thank you thanks very much I've learned a new word Jules what's your new word Kath producer Jamie said oh so Dan is a squipper 
which I mean, I assume has something to do with survival equipment and they've just mushed those two words together. So thank you, producer Jamie, for that one. He's got some words, isn't he, old Jamie? <laughs> He'd also have a lot to say about the golf, the Masters at Augusta. Um, another sort of thrilling finish and really from a sort of home home country's point of view, a really amazing turnaround for um, Rory McIlroy. Obviously not doing enough on the final day, but um, some incredible shots from him in the last round. Well, what an extraordinary 64. But do you think he said to the lads, right, fellas, I'm warmed up now, let's get it started? Because well, that was my attempt at a, a Northern well, or an Irish accent. Do you think, he, do you think he's, he's, he sort of thought, why, why is it so late? But of course, it's consistency over those four days, isn't it? And that's, that's really yeah. where things, things happen. Yeah, and I feel like I know I, I'm aware of how talented he is, but he has lacked consistency throughout his career, hasn't he? And he sort of seems to be trying to get back to um, the days when he won those um, four majors. But Scotty Scheffler, in the end, was a deserving champion, of course, world number oh, one me, he's only, in he's the only world. 20, he's only 25. <laughs> he's only go. 25. And he's married already, so I've put his name <laughs> forward for the UK wife-carrying contest. Oh, wonderful. He, I mean, he's probably used. He'll probably get his, his, you know, his caddy to carry his wife, wouldn't he? Because the, the, the caddy carries the bag. But I, I just sort of <laughs> the think bag. that. You know, Are you calling his wife a bag? No, she's she's lovely. <laughs> Mrs. Scheffler is absolutely lovely. Um, they invited me over to supper just the other day. Um, but I just think that I just <laughs> think that you know you're, you're you're 25. You've got the world at your feet. You've and you've just won the Masters. Ama- amazing, just amazing. Absolutely amazing. And um, another, I, I managed to make my way through an entire football match, Man City versus Liverpool. I'm sure you were watching, Jules. A really, From behind really the sofa. Good, a really good tool draw, I thought. And probably the only way it could finish when they're vying for the, um, the Premiership title, of course. I think even Liverpool fans will concede that um, the Reds were quite lucky yesterday to, okay. to come to come away to come away with a point. Oh, might get shouted down, but I think they I think they were lucky. I think they were lucky. Look, I, I, there's one there's one big glaring um, sports result that we haven't mentioned. Nothing to do with carrying women. <laughs> it is the Army winning the Melrose Sevens for the first time in the tournament's history. The competition has been run since 1883, one of the most famous sevens, rugby sevens competitions out there. And the Army won that at the weekend. I think that's oh, incredible. Oh, wonderful. That is yeah. incredible. Just slip that in there. No, sorry. I mean, I was obviously so... I can only think about the inter-services rugby, but I was I was unaware that there was a sevens um, tournament going on. So well done to the Army Sevens. Do, um, you know, do we know any names that made up that side, the winning side? Um, we're familiar with? Not off the top of my head, because some of them have been involved in the... In the 15s this year, so yeah. um, yeah. Okay, so a weekend off. But um, just a final word uh, for the Grand National. Normally that's something that I watch and it's my one sort of um, flutter of the year, but um, we were obviously busy on Saturday. Do you know what? I managed managed to get into the bookies last week and put some money on any second now, which which for an each-way bet brought home some money, not very much, with Mark Walsh on board. So... I was quite content, but um, it's one. Of, it's one of the big. You know, it is the biggest day in the bookies calendar for sure because everybody has a flutter, don't they? Everybody that can. Yeah, and of course Sam Whaley Cohen, the first amateur jockey to win 
since 1990, I think, Marcus Armitage won on Mr Frisk at Aintree in 1990. And well, we should get Nathan Rahman involved. <laughs> no. Well, Sam Whaley Cohen's dad brought that horse only two months beforehand, um, Noble Yeats. So quite a nice sort of fantasy story um, for him to win. And, and that's going to be his, um, yeah, in his last competitive ride. Jules, I hope your winnings uh, will go towards the entrance to the Wife Carrying Show for 2023. Luckily, the local garage still had some wilted carnation um in in the in the plant holder so um yeah she's very happy with she those, got those well, looking ahead, we've got a bit more rugby this week with the Mobs Memorial taking place on Wednesday. And of course, if you want to know more about the Mobs Memorial, it's the British Army up against um, a team at Northampton. Um, we did, back in November, we did a really nice piece with Graham McKechnie, who's the Northampton Saints historian and also a, a local sports journalist. And he explains the Mobs Memorial and the whole sort of history behind it. Um, there's also some rugby league this week. The UK Armed Forces women are taking on the GB teachers in their President's Cup. That's also on Wednesday. Wednesday evening at Saddleworth Rangers and of course we keep mentioning it but the Invictus Games finally get underway this Saturday the 16th of April I'll be there and I'll be trying to bring you as much as we can before and during the tournament so um, that's something to look forward to this week we are looking ahead and we just want to let you know that actually we're taking a break for Easter next week so there'll be no podcast on Easter Monday but please do come back and listen from the 25th of April when we'll be building up to the Army Navy Games at Twickenham and also looking back at the Invictus Games which by then will be done and dusted. Now of course if you need to fill if you need something to fill your time over the Easter break then do revisit all the Forces Sport podcasts at bfbs.com slash podcast or on Apple, Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcasts and if you'd like to see and hear more from our amazing range of military athletes then have a look back at all the chats with our guests on the BFBS Sports Show YouTube channel. Jules, I will. Um, I'll be leaving you for a couple of weeks to travel to the Netherlands um, with Team UK. Um, but you can keep up to date with all that's happening over there by visiting forces.net for the latest results and action. Plus, you can keep an eye on BFBS Sport and Forces News across Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just so you don't miss a minute. I hope you'll be our um, number one fan, Jules. I will be there. Keeping I will tabs. Be there. Yes. <laughs> But that is it from Forces Sport for Fortnight. Maybe you've got an interesting story or a character that you think deserves deserves the Forces Sport spotlight. Do let us know. You can email us at forcesport at bfbs.com. Thank you for listening and have a very happy Easter. We'll see you soon.